How is Tom your best option for medic after six years? <laughs> he is the pilot. It's been six years and you haven't trained anybody to be better than him. But once upon a Captain's Pod, Stardate 112084.1. Welcome aboard the Starships Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she converts kittens into petroleum just to get a few minutes off her commute. It's Ambassador Danae. Why kittens? It's something really adorable that you would feel bad about converting into fuel. Would you? Would you feel bad about that? <laughs> I mean, depends. The character that you're creating doesn't feel bad about it at all. Yes, correct. But, but I, I usually I'm like, oh, okay. So it kind of relates to the show that we saw, you know, last week. And mm. those were not adorable kittens. Those were like lizard beasts. And that was my trap. That's that's alienist, Danae. I think they're adorable. I see. So you intentionally set me up. I got I set it. a multi-pronged trap that you couldn't possibly escape from. What, what? Where would you draw the line on adorableness? Like, would you be fine condensing squirrels into petroleum? I didn't realize adorableness was part of the equation. Like, I would go for girth. If 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 mm. their little bodies contain energy, yeah. I mean, why aren't we looking at the panda? <laughs> because the panda is its own worst enemy. That thing should not exist anymore. It's too. It is literally too lazy to have sex. It's like our number one biological function after eating is to reproduce. The only reason we eat is to reproduce, and it doesn't want to do it. So you're saying I should pick another girthy beast because that one's <laughs> going to be dead before long. If you want positive input, nothing says that, like being abandoned in the Delta Quadrant and having to sacrifice aliens for fuel to get home. I'm actually really looking forward to the end of this because I'm kind of like, I want to watch something today. I want to watch and enjoy something today. So mm. I hope it's not utterly depressing. I really hope it doesn't end up being a letdown. But to psych ourselves up for that, let's do a couple of emails first. Oh, yeah, we do that too. Heck yeah, we do. Okay, hailing frequencies open, everyone. It's time for us to read your emails from Discord, Twitter, and, well, email. Um, the first one that we have is... Um, now, I don't generally take these in order. Sometimes emails jump the queue because they're relevant to something that we spoke about recently. And this is in reference to puppies. Um, Badgie Badge says, Captain, I have a question for the ambassador. Just how many puppies have you dognapped over the years? And I, I think... <laughs> I think dog dog napped can be substituted for rescued. How many dogs have you relocated into different cities? Shit. You know how I have trouble coming up with just a few things that I can talk kindly and compassionately about myself? Mm -hmm. So too will I have difficulty coming up with a number here. It's definitely in the 20s to 30s Holy shit, that much? I didn't know if we'd get to double digits because I know a few of them. That's a lot. Yeah, but you've only known me for a few years. Yeah, but I mean, ones that you've talked to me about, I, I, I know stories of about 10, probably. This started when I was very little. I love the idea of you just turning up. Like, Danae's turned up with a dog again, just like 12-year-old Danae. I've done that Danae. many times. <laughs> like, my parents have story after story of me oh, being, like, 
I was living at my parents' house because I was either a child yeah. or in my mid to late teens when I was before moving out of the house and I would come home with a dog saying, sorry. Moxie, was Moxie a rescue that you found? Moxie was also yeah, a rescue. That's your, yeah, that's your mom's previous dog. Another another situation where I went to a house and someone was like, I hate this dog and I just Aww. felt bad for it. And it was being kept in the boiler room in the basement. Oh. Because it was a puppy and wanted to chew on things and they just weren't prepared for it. So they just stuck it in a room and closed the door. Wow. No lights or anything in there. And it was just in there just like oh, miserable. Moxie was lovely. So I was like, you know what? Let me just take this dog. And they're yeah. thankful that I got oh rid of the goodness. nuisance. And, you know, That's horrible. Yeah. So if you had to put a number on it, what would it be? Um, I would say 22. Nice. 22 But I have Papa no Rainies. idea if that's accurate. Yeah. It, it may be more like 12. It just feels like 22. <laughs> When they one of them's a St. Bernard, that takes up at least 10. Oh, are you kidding? When one of them's a horse? Yeah, that counts as many dogs. That's brilliant. Well, thanks for that, um, Badgie. And I'm sure we'll have more of those stories over the many years of Captain's Pod. Um, we have a quick second one from Link on Twitter. Uh, this is more for me. Uh, Hi, Captain. I was listening to the Skin of Evil episode and the part where you guys were talking about Tasha's death and talking about whether her death was meaningless or not. It made me think whether there are any other deaths in Star Trek that you guys would think are meaningless um, that came from a recurring character that didn't get a good death. And if so, what would you have done to help the death of the character be better? Oh, that's easy. We we, we rewrite the show all, all the, time. the time. Man, there's... I can think of several. Data is the one that jumps to mind immediately. and But he kind of got a retcon fix ish in picard season three where they kind of bring him back but that death in nemesis really really winds me up because it's kind of a cool death but it's also easily avoidable and i think that's the problem like he sacrifices himself for the captain but it's such an avoidable death as well so i think the, the sacrifice means something when you can't immediately say yeah but why didn't he just do this that kind of belittles it a little <laughs> bit why didn't he beam away or whatever i didn't it, see no, it. it literally is why didn't he beam away like oh he, really he slaps this transporter thing on picard that immediately beams him away but there's no reason that picard shouldn't have already had that with him and slapped it on himself like data makes that journey to give him the transporter thing and it's just and it's so convenient because we've never seen that tech since it was invented for that episode to do this so the death just feels super contrived. I'd rather much more... Tasha's death feels more organic to me because it's completely random. And like you couldn't predict that. And it, it shows Armas' um, power. I think in Discovery, Captain Giorgio dies in episode one or two. I think it's episode one. And that one really bugged me because, again, she... She gets killed and eaten, and that just feels really harsh. And she's an incredible character. Uh, we was only with her for one episode, and I loved the shit out of her. She was incredible. And she kind of just gets killed and eaten by Klingons, and it felt a little bit abrupt and like a missed opportunity. So I think how I would fix that is by not killing her and just keeping her for all of Discovery. It'd be incredible. Wasn't there like um, Kirk's son that just sort of dies in a dumb way too? He was definitely created so that they could kill him. <laughs> it's that kind of character. But he actually sacrifices himself so that 
a another member of the crew doesn't die and he kind of goes down fighting again it's by he gets killed by a klingon and he kind of goes down swinging and fighting because they're all gonna die anyway so he tries to make an escape and there's a chance that he'll win but he gets he gets murdered so i think that one's contrived because it's like man you just brought him in so you could kill him and give kirk a reason to hate klingons um, but his death itself, I actually buy in it, and it kind of makes sense. Mm, okay. I love that question. That's that's an excellent, excellent question. Uh, and uh, and he had a uh, Link had a super quick follow up. What was my favorite Legend of Zelda game? And it's Link's Awakening. I'm not going to be original or try anything different or controversial. Uh, Link's Awakening. Um, is that a Link to the Past? Shit. I uh, no, have only ever played one Zelda game ever, and it was mm-hmm. that wind game on the GameCube. Oh, Wind Waker. You're fucking on the ocean nonstop. Uh huh. Just that is your whole day. Yeah. Just where am I going? How am I getting there? It was so difficult to play. I Mm -hmm. I played it as long as I guess my attention span would allow. That was longer than I thought. That world was huge in Wind Waker. It felt huge anyway. I'm sure it's tiny compared to like modern games, but it felt huge. Oh, can I can I answer the death question though for real? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, Shaw. Oh, I that's a good one. I really, really like that character. That's I just think it was dumb. I think one. that he could have been saved pretty easily. I don't. I still don't understand why. Sometimes so you much can, more. You, get, can, yeah. you have a character that can like survive so so much, and they just get like a little zappy bappy with a thingy majigger, and all of a sudden their medical wounds right. are fill up fill up the the wound with something, and then you know patch him up later. I don't know. I still feel like there was a lot more for Shaw, and I'm bummed that he's gone. His arc was incredible, especially when you know from Square One he really respected um, Seven of Nine because that log predates everything, all of the shitty things he said. He, he was he was probably other than Worf, Shaw was my highlight of season three, and it was I love there were so that many character. highlights. He's so he's, so good. He's a great character to n- be frustrated with yeah. and relate to because he was trying to follow mm-hmm. the rules. He so. was the embodiment of cinema sins. It's so hard to sin his character because he's the one doing all the sinning. Just like, hey, Grandpa, stop trying to steal my ship, you dicks. Just stop trying to start wars everywhere and fire torpedoes. Starfleet is boring, Captain Picard. It's not all adventures and hijacking. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thanks for that email, guys. Uh, please don't be discouraged if we haven't read your email yet. We have a huge backlog. We're going to keep getting through them. And like we said before, we'll probably do a mailbag episode at some point. Love talking to you guys. You are the best. Send us your emails to captainspod at cinemasins.com. On Twitter, cinemasinscs. And Discord, discord.gg slash cinemasins. Okay, Ambassador, into Equinox Part 2. I'm excited. I can't remember. I remember very little about Part 2. And now, part, part, no, genuinely, I can't remember oh, much about no. it. Part That's one is, not a good sign. It's not a good sign. No, it's a good sign. I remember bits and bits. I do remember stuff about it, but not nearly as much as I remember part one. So I'm I'm excited to to watch you watch it. I hope it isn't a disappointment. Um, what happened last week in in the episode? Really quickly. Mm. Last week we ended with the bad doctor on our ship. And seven of nine mm-hmm. on their ship. Yes. Along with our good doctor on their ship as well. So the crew of the Equinox got the shield or warp drive or whatever they needed to get the fuck out of there. And they're like getting out. And that left Voyager 
dead in the water, mm. currently under attack by the alien creatures that have been uh, being captured and used for fuel by the Equinox. So mm -hmm. I, they, I'm wondering if like my prediction for this one will probably yeah. be something along the lines of Voyager figuring out how to communicate with this being. Very Star Trek. To try to reason with them a little bit and explain that they're different. And then also how to get their shit back so they can keep mm -hmm. going with their, you know. I, I'm assuming that the crew of the Equinoxes are all going to die. Oh, because, interesting. Because how how else are... Let's say that the Good Doctor and Seven of Nine get the Equinox back to Voyager so the Voyager can get its parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That means that they're going to have to absorb this crew of untrustworthy people and keep them as prisoners that's until the option, they get back. isn't it? For the next 70 years, that's how long, in theory, it should take to get home. Keep them as prisoners, which you've got to like feed them and doing all of that stuff, or you kill them, or, or they die on the ship. Like That's and a difficult choice to make, because there's I... 30 of them. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think we're them. probably seeing what, like six of them or something. Yeah. But I don't think the show would do that. I think the show would have the Equinox crew killed in some fashion. Like right. they're going to be so stubborn in their ways that they don't want to return. They go so down they with opt the ship. for death rather than returning. Yeah. Voyager doesn't um, have to have that weight on their conscience. Exactly. I don't think the show would do that. But uh, I also wonder if the crew of the Equinox are going to continue to sort of have the struggle with their ethics and their morals and that might play a part in in either taking back over the ship from the captain and I, i'm not sure there's going to be mm. some kind of an internal struggle there too yeah my oddly specific prediction is going to be a kiss of some kind oh someone's kissing in this episode who is it give me one of them it's going to be the alien and captain janeway for sure <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they communicate by tonguing. Yeah. That's the That's right. only way they can communicate. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah, well, intraoral. With, yeah. with with that interesting image. Um, love those predictions. Let's head over to the holodeck to watch part two of Equinox. We'll see you all in ten forward for a full debrief. Soon to be out. Welcome to Ten Forward, the part of the show where we uh, grab a drink or something from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the space battle that I just enacted on the camera before doing this intro. And <laughs> most important question first: What's your thing of choice? My thing of choice will be a dish served lukewarm, sweet, sweet revenge. Nice, style. Yeah. nice. Revenge is a dish best served live. Um, mixing my my Star Trek quotes. Um, I want. Oh, I don't. Um. Um. I don't. <laughs> I haven't thought of anything. What do I want from the replicator? I want. I want a. I want a creepily sung lullaby from an evil hologram from the replicator, please. <laughs> Drove she ducklings to the water. Okay, I cannot wait to talk about this. Can it's we jump so in? Let's let's I'm go ready. for it. Let's go. Give us a synopsis for part two. When I predicted that there was going to be interpersonal conflict in this right? episode, I <laughs> didn't realize exactly how intense it was going to be. Yeah, you undercooked but, it. Yeah, yeah. In today's episode, we conclude how we're going to stop the alien attack, uh, and and 
do we right wrongs? Not, not. I mean, maybe if you consider just <laughs> murder to be the resolution, then you know we did. Um, there are captains that are relieved of duty. There are captains that should be relieved of duty. We find out that Janeway is a direct descendant of Captain Kirk, and best revelation no, of the episode. Listening it was live, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, <laughs> shocker, we can have security protocols that will not allow you to delete ethical subroutines. So mm-hmm. we should. Yeah. We oh, and also the break doesn't exist on Voyager. That's what we know. Yeah, they just choose not to use it. Um. Overall thoughts and feelings about the conclusion of this two-parter. You were super-duper hot on the first one. Was this a satisfying conclusion? Did you enjoy the journey? Yeah, this is an amazing episode. Yes! Yeah. I should be impartial, but I can't. For a lot of reasons, I feel. What Uh what, what do you think? Because you told me before we got started that you didn't even remember it at all. So it's in the moment, I just immediately forgot. But then as moments happen, I was like, oh shit, it's all coming back together. I I remember all of this now. I did not remember- you're one decahertz out of out of key yeah if <laughs> i do her next for. line it's yeah. gonna sound like we're gonna meet and bang in some like holodeck because <laughs> it was are, are so they, flirty they are um, so flirty brr, brr. is there a thing there, there do is i a, know the, is the, that a thing there is a there is a one-sided thing there uh-huh we could do a whole love situation between but it's not very wholesome it's kind of on the creep side Ish. What do you mean? What do you mean on the creep side? Of it? It's kind of the doctor kind of pursues her and declares his undying love, and it's not reciprocated, and it's not really resolved in any kind of way. It's kind of just left hanging, and he lusts after her a lot. Like in a way where, when everyone leaves the sick bay, he pulls down a poster of her. <laughs> I mentally, I think he does, but no, it's definitely an unrequited love that's a little bit unprofessional. It sounds like not a lot of professional things happen on Voyager anyway. In this era of Star Trek, not a lot of professionalism happened around women at all. Um, but pivoting back, yes, I re- I like this even more than I remember liking it. I- I'd forgotten how heated the Janeway Chakotay stuff gets. Um, and f- like for me, it's it just it sang on so many levels. I really, really love this as a as a conclusion. Yeah. It's a solid. I could watch this as a ninety minute movie. I would love to cut it together as a ninety minute feature. Yeah, yeah, love love the yeah. shit out of it. This one is it's really action packed and in a way where there's a there's so many space battles going on. But I think what drives this is not just this idea of ending a battle with an alien creature that's attacking. That's obviously a mm-hmm. huge part. But the intense drive of this is Captain Janeway's murder bono. Wait. <laughs> bono. Murder bono? Bono? Why did I say you too? I bono? I don't know why you said that. That's a really Don't murder boner. bono. No. Yeah. Can we just call it a bono, though? Murder bono? Yeah, for sure. Why not? I. We really get to see her embrace... This is why I said she was a direct descendant of Captain Kirk because yeah. at one point she's like, I will chase him down right? to the ends of the earth and I will annihilate him and all of his children. If you are, and I, as soon as you said that, I reheard her entire speech delivered by William Shatner. It was like, if you want to call that a vendetta, then fine. Call it a vendetta. I said, will hunt him she's down. Like, yeah. She was in Let's go. it. 
Let's so go. For me, the tension of this episode that I'm interested in resolving is how far is Janeway going to go? I think that's one of the audiences too. Mm. The conflict between her and her crew and the juxtaposition slash mirroring of what's happening on the Equinox yes. and how these two crews, these two captains, the the parallels between how one captain will lead his crew versus the other and how that can have you know ramifications. And again, the idea that everyone is doing what they think they're supposed to do, they're doing mm-hmm. their best, um, and we're looking for those redeemable qualities. In a surprise twist, Ransom seems to have a redeemable quality by the end of this episode yeah. because the torturing of Seven of Nine really bothers him. Is it because she's really curvy and beautiful? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know why her in particular would get through to him if it's the active torture that was yeah you know this is a person that he could see more as borg than person and then they but they use her you know as that uh that moral foundational he hit his moral ethical foundation which is what i predicted was going to happen at some like we're going to hit something that's like we don't go past this but then for other people it's different and so everybody that's on screen is struggling with the circumstances and their place in it and when they can have control and when they can't. Mm-hmm. And when you have someone like Janeway, who is in a spiral of sorts, yeah, is she doing the right thing at the right time? I don't, I don't know. I mean, she fucking chased him down. She shot him out of the sky. It was I, awesome. It's, <laughs> it's, isn't it awesome? It's it like, was awesome. It's I was like, holy of, shit, she's doing the damn thing. Like, it's actually awesome. really hard to write sins for this episode because a lot of the times you're like, why wouldn't you fire more torpedoes? Why wouldn't you have all of these weapons? And Janeway's just like to fucking fire like yeah. to stop it. They blow up the, the entire in the cell. They're blowing up the shield. She just like fire torpedoes, phases chase him down into the atmosphere it's so like and it's so unhinged but you know you know why like the episode tells you why she's unhinged and why this is hitting further it's this like dark reflection of what she could be because if ransom can go this way maybe any starfleet captain can and there's but this she thing did that go like this way. And she did. it was complete it circumstance that, that, yeah. that dismissed it mm-hmm. like it was her first officer stepping in and being relieved of duty oh, afterwards. It was I, these things that happened, yeah. whereas maybe that didn't happen on the other ship. Maybe the first officer joined that sort of, mm. like, joined the captain rather than restricted the captain. Yeah. And captain, and so there was never that tension of hitting it too far. But at the end of this episode, Janeway's like, yeah, man, you probably should have just relieved me of duty. And he's like, I thought about it. But I thought it was too was far. Like, well, what the fuck so, is too far in this episode? One of my th- one of my favorite things about this episode, which is like it's super related to that, is this argument of why would you stick to the rules in the Delta Quadrant? You're so far from home. Why would you stick to regulations? What does it mean? You're not going to get put on trial. There's no court martial. The odds are you're going to be dead before you get home, and it's your kids that get home. So what's the point of sticking to the Prime Directive and whatnot? And what happens on Ransom's crew proves exactly why you need those rules. Because by the time you get to the end and Ransom is relieving Max of duty, what does relieving him of duty mean? There is no Starfleet aboard that ship. So even your your own rules that you're putting into place mean nothing. So you have to have that structure to be a crew that functions and manages to get home. Yeah. No, it's um, it's a really... It's a it's a really interesting episode because 
the stakes that are the highest seems to be maintaining your humanity and your order amidst mm. chaos. And yeah. then when... Keep calm and carry on. When someone that should be operating at your at that level, the highest level, mm-hmm. falters, correcting them. And if they go too far, annihilating them. That seems to be... <laughs> right. You know, part it, of it. You know, in this episode, like, we have a lot going on. It's not just the space battles. You have the alien battles. Then mm-hmm. you have... The good doctor turning into this sing-songy psychopath. Oh, it's so good. So there's just all this sort of texture happening. And... Clementine. and Seven's uh, voice is so good. Jerry Ryan can hold a tune. So good. Yeah, it was um it was interesting. It was interesting to watch the stress level, mm-hmm. you know, press this on. There's 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 things I have fault. There's some there's a couple major, major sins of this episode. Don't yeah. get me wrong. No, I, I'm no, not, I agree. What I enjoyed about it is that I was interested the entire time. Uh, it I goes was interested by the entire time. So quick. The pacing is incredible. And the jump from torture to what Jane Wayne Chakotay are dealing with to what Ransom is dealing with to intersperse that with alien attacks. Like it's not too much. And it, each one is serving a different purpose and interweaving into the story. Um, what I, this is the, when Chakotay is used like this. It's my favorite thing. Like, Chakotay, I could pretty much lose as a character. He doesn't do a huge amount for me with the the kind of some of the stories they give him. But he is, of all of the first officers in Star Trek, I think he's the one that does his job the best and completely opposes the captain when when he needs to and, like, digs in. Because he's like, if, if I'm not going to do this, nobody on the ship will do it. And yet, relieve me, fine... There's some lines I won't cross, but he he digs in. And even I love that he reverts to sending a shitty email. Where she's like, you don't usually submit requests like in writing. in writing. To whom it may concern, please read my previous email regarding this matter. He got shitty and sent it, sent it in writing. Like, and that's what your first officers should do. They're not just going to back shitty. you up regardless. I think that that's persistent. Yeah. I think like there are some times when you're like, I got to get this in writing because this needs to be documented. Mm-hmm. It, that's really, really clever to me. And I don't have a lot of experience with Chakotay. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that there's varying opinions of this character, just like, you know, all characters. But I really liked he pressed against her pretty hard in yeah. this episode. She had straight, she had death and destruction hell bent. Like, at any cost. Something triggered inside of her deep enough that it, it, it was. And what I loved about it, let me tell you what I loved about it. What I loved about Janeway specifically is you know sometimes you'll watch a character that has the wild eyes and you kind of zoom in the eyes and it's just like this fire Mm -hmm. and and hellscape that was Janeway however I never believed that she was going to go too too far like even when she was talking about yeah I'll give you the equinox I'm like it's because she has a plan and she's not talking yeah we're making lightning fast decisions Mm -hmm. it is destroy that in a cell because i know i can take him off of the ship she isn't explaining herself to anybody she's just doing what she knows fix that immediate problem like we need the aliens help i'll figure out what that means later Later. on we need to get the yes and then we move on it is fast-paced decision, and it's scene after scene and it wasn't like uh they they manufactured it they didn't say wow that was a really busy day we watched it happen there's a shit ton going on at every Mm -hmm. moment like on both ships 
and once again, we get to go to this really intellectual back and forth battle. You know, you have the BLT versus the whatever guy. And yeah. like there's just this intensity that's happening where it's all about outmaneuvering and outpacing. And yeah, some of it's a little bit lost on me. Absolutely. Now, I'm not talking about like the the way that they're talking. I'm talking about like, well, like the biggest sin for me is she gives in the equinox and what's the payoff of that? Because we're like, oh, no, don't do that. But then by the time we get to the equinox and she's giving it to him, everyone's like, oh, I guess it's OK now because we got to beam him over. But that wasn't even their decision. That was the equinox's people's decision. Yeah, there's not a huge payoff there. Like I always expected yeah. the aliens to still be like, we want those five crew members. <laughs> we, we, we want the entire yeah. crew, not just the ship. Like we know that you beamed some of them over. Gimme, gimme, right. gimme. Right. Like, it was pretty clear the aliens want to murder everybody involved. The post credit scene should have been Janeway escorting them to a cargo bay and them getting munched. Yeah, 100%. Interestingly, we never see them again. <laughs> In it, There's season six and season seven of Voyager oh. left. These characters are never seen again. I think that's what happened. I think Janeway I would not be surprised. the aliens. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but yeah. That was it. What was beautiful about this episode for me is like in a nutshell, it was mm. that the pacing and the intensity paid off for me yeah. because like even when a ship was damaged or there was an explosion, there was a quick conversation about redoing this. And then the writers are like, well, we're going to reconfigure the, the shields. How can they get through? How can this equinox that's so busted up yeah. go against Voyager? It's not going to be interesting. Oh, what if they can get through shields? So they plant oh, this so side. Good. They have a reason why all of these things are working. And yeah. we get to see two ships get fucked up. And that's so fun. It's so fun. That space battle above the planet is so it's much so fun. fun. Just like it wasting so all fun. of the torpedoes. It's fine. But yeah, oh, yeah. it's like, not just like... When do you ever see a captain be like, send it all? And you're like, oh shit, we're actually it. doing it. <laughs> yes, fire the torpedoes, fire the phases. And it, you're right. It's not techno babble. It's not send out a tachyon burst to disrupt their shield wavelength. It's... Um, yeah, Evil Doctor, could you give us the shield frequencies? And there's nothing for me really more scary than an incoming torpedo when the crew doesn't realize it's going to just ignore so the shields. And it's just explosion, immediate hole breach. And they're just like, oh, fuck. Like that changes it changes everything. everything. And then Max at that point is at the helm. So at this point in time, you know, um, the Captain Ransom has had a change of heart. He wants to, you know, surrender and he wants to do things differently. It's just that the tax of taking life uh, is has gone to the point where he's ready to change his mind. Max, his first officer says, nope, we are going forward as planned. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take over control. I don't know if you have pictures or anything that you can show of max mm. but he, he was Why so cool looking this episode that? wasn't he um, he was just like a really because we didn't like him last episode we really don't like him this one no he's um, really smarmy this time i do not but, have any pictures of but max. he's really smart yeah and i love that because he's a smart ass like smart asshole let's say he's, an, he's asshole. an asshole that's really intelligent because he has all of the technical stuff to back it up and all of the, like, the hackings I was so excited because Captain come Ransom has this change of heart. Max doesn't know that. Nope. Ransom comes to the bridge because he's been told Janeway has found us again. And we know how it went last time because they're building tension beautifully this episode. So mm -hmm. we're like, oh shit, she's back. Let's we're go. feeling the Equinox's tension. We're ready for it. We're going to get fucked up. Ransom's like, guys, listen, we're done. Like, let's just call it what it is. Max takes over and his tactical... No, wait, sorry. My, my, my first thought was when... Ransom comes on the bridge. He has already found a nebula to hide inside of. He already knows how. Like, he has oh, yeah, figured out the, the next step. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
We're and not even done that yet. just that one little line gives me a really sweet insight into this, the tactical mindset of this character. So mm. when he takes over, his tactics are really interesting. Now he's got their shields and he doesn't run. He's like, fire it all. This is when we this is when we go down. And that's where the tension comes for me is, is they leveled the playing field enough. Mm-hmm. I forgot that, of course, they're not going to destroy Voyager for a split second. And that is oh, really hard to do. Yes. Do you know what it I mean? It really is. Because like, I was in it. Yeah, you know the show is called Voyager. There's a good chance Voyager ain't getting blown <laughs> up. But for the episode to immerse you so much that you forget that is a neat trick. It's really it is, fun. And it's in the last part of the episode, too, which is really brilliant. Yeah. Um, I only looked at the end of the how much time we had left when I realized that, you know, we were ready to go live on the live show. That's mm. the only reason I checked the time. Yeah, it um, whips by so quick. But yeah, we had a lot of fun this one. I think that kind of gives you the overall vibes how are my predictions i i know i got mm. obviously the kiss i was completely right about that so your yeah nope your predictions were um give me one second how did i misplace i think them? i think i give this the, all the pips again oh there we go um voyager figuring out how to communicate with the aliens was your main prediction nailed it um the entire crew of the equinox dies I was um, wrong about you that. You were wrong about that. Five of them well, survived. A few died. Probably about 50-50. I think half of them died. I would died. say that all of them that chose to be Equinox crewmen died. The other ones chose to leave. Uh, they chose to be Voyager's crew now. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And either way, I still think that they get killed by the aliens. We just never see it on screen. We just don't know. Yeah. We just don't know. And um, uh, crew will continue to struggle with ethics. Actually, the only crew that had that visible struggle with the ethics was the captain it was captain ransom everyone else just kind of went along with it and the engineer lady kind of joins in at the end yeah she 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 was struggling yeah she's been struggling since the start she really has it was it was showing her that child last episode and then there will be a kiss of some kind and there were some alien kisses right on the face but not not much (laughs) listen that that alien totally made out with Max's face. I mean, um, Harry nearly got some like close-up action. Um, he got he Look nearly got cool immediately alien, smooched. It's really also, cool, isn't it? We haven't talked. I, I give I give this one all the pips again. Yeah, but, four pips. Let's um, go. Me too. Me too. But we also didn't talk about that moment when Voyager shifts their tactics to basically hold another alien race in place in space in order to be able to speak to them to get what they want because the stakes are so high i love how like this just shows how like off the rails janeway is and i i think i would argue she maybe goes too far but this is delta quadrant there is no too far right this is chakotay's compassionate plan and he like completely hijacks her after the torture thing she is sidelined. He politely steps in, has the new plan to go and find the original aliens that worship these creatures um, and talk to them about finding a way to communicate. She hijacks that plan and then, like, tractor beams them, kidnaps them, and just like, we're not letting you go until you help us. So I just love that even Chakotay's compassionate plan, she hijacks and makes it problematic. Like, she's so so determined there is a determination about her that i really appreciate i feel like every once in a while you flip over into a survival mode so intense that skirting the boundaries of what you would normally do isn't really a it's not your main concern anymore Mm -hmm. she is attempting to stop a war between an alien species and 
in Starfleet. She's attempting to reach them before they warp away. Mm-hmm. She's really not even worried about Seven anymore. This no. isn't about rescuing her crewmen. This is about stopping someone from getting away and being stranded, of course, herself. But it doesn't, the, the episode seems to indicate, at least to me, that her main goal is to stop this ship and their crewmates from not existing. Sure, she'll go that far if she has to. Yeah. But succeeding in their mission of, of warp. That, yeah, and that's it's, why it's all like, it's, you know what? I will apologize for pissing you off later. Right now, I don't have anything to worry about. And if you don't get out of my way, I will step through you because that's mm-hmm. my only way to go. And I kind of like that energy. I kind of thought you would love that from Janeway. I don't, well, I I think, don't know. Maybe I would be a very bad captain. I, I don't think know. Under, I, the right, under the wrong circumstances, this would be the captain that you are. like, And you would kind of enjoy the, I don't need a quorum here. I don't need your advice. This is the route that we're taking. And I think a big chunk of it is kind of to that is kind of like to to rescue the reputation of Starfleet, and like this isn't what we do, and to kind of prove that her way is is the right way to go as well. Because if he succeeds and gets home, it's she's kind of like, man, I could do this. I could be the bad captain and get our crew home, but for all my own morals, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. And she has this great conversation in one episode. I can't remember. Where she's just like, am I being selfish by not ignoring the prime directive at every opportunity? Like, if we took a vote, would 50% of the crew say, fuck the prime directive, let's get home at whatever cost? And she's like, am I being selfish by holding on to my guilty conscience? Like, if I made all of the sacrifices, like Ransom, then I could get us I could get us home and I would be the one that goes to prison, but I'm not doing that. Like, she wrestles with that a lot and it's... Ransom is the embodiment of the path that she could have taken. So he can't he can't be allowed to succeed. I feel like Janeway has held back from doing what Ransom has done so many times that when an opportunity arises for her to exact revenge on her frustration, like Ransom becomes the focus of all of her anger of everything she's been through. I don't yeah. know that the episode is saying that. I'm just as a character she is on a mission. It's not about, hey, this alien species that we're having an argument with, let's really try to avoid war. It's like, no, 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 no. I have no question in my mind, you are on the wrong side now. Like, mm-hmm. I have authority to do what I, and she probably has needed to feel that confidence. And yeah. it's like, I don't know that any other kind of two episode, any other Voyager where she's trying to figure out how to interact with a creature, I don't, or a species or a problem. This was really fun to watch her figure it out. Yeah, is that scary whenever yeah. someone's in control of a ship that can annihilate? Of course it's scary. Goodness. But she didn't, she went too far. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And that's... But I don't understand what the show was trying to say about that. Okay, like, what, what do you mean? Like when she goes to torture the, yeah. the ensign? It's, it is uncomfortable. The most, un- and this is my biggest sin, is that this is where I think she does go too far and... It's. I, I, I think what the show is trying to say is that you have to have balance. You have to have a Chakotay that pulls you back. And there's got to be... And that's what was missing from the crew of the Equinox to an extent, is that Ransom didn't have a Chakotay to pull him back. So it's not... It, he had a Mad Max. Every, he, he really did. He had a Mad Max on a Fury Road. And it's just, the, the crew is this synthesis of everything. And the captain, in some occasions, can't be the last buck, like the, the final the final stop. Where I see her completely unhinged is when 
um, Lessing is in the chair. She's outside. The portal's about to open. And Chakotay is, like, screaming at her. And she is so calm and says the most patronizing thing I think I've ever heard on Star Trek, which was, you're panicking, calm down, I know what I'm doing. Like, he is in, but that's, he is in hysterics, is, and she's just like, sit down, it's This okay. is what I mean about the show is not telegraphing enough for me about this character to know, Yeah, was she going to pull back? I don't, I, we, I I don't know because... And is that the point? Yeah, and I think that's the point. That Chakotay steps in before the writers have to make that call and make Janeway do it because she's so calm. She's giving no indication that she's going to stop. And is there a part of her that's like, if he dies, he dies. Uh, And it's I'm not okay with captains doing that. Like, Picard wouldn't do that. Cisco might, Kirk. But at the end of the episode, she is looking Ransom in the eye who could totally be lying to her Mm. transport his crew onto their ship and take over she has no idea but then she's like i believe him and then they come over and she believes he had this moral flip Mm -hmm. then very quickly believes it then she's restrained yeah then so i want to believe she had a plan in place to save the crew somehow When, when when she listens to his plan i'm gonna i'm gonna teleport everybody over she's like do it I like that she ran the calculations in her head. Was she thinking, I'm still going to give you to the aliens, you piece of shit? I have, I believe that that's yeah. possible because it's the show didn't telegraph enough of her to me because by the end, she's like, I'll bring the croutons. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? It's it's just, so awkward. It's such an awkward exchange. We're just moving like, on? You should have that in, the, in her quarters as well, like in her ready room. It should be like, we need a debrief. We really need to talk about... If we're okay it's and just what salad? happened there. It's a potluck situation. That's the end. Well, actually, the end is not the end. The end is a similar to the beginning of episode one, or part one, I should say, where they find the Equinox's plaque on the ground and Janeway offers mm. to put it back on the wall. And Chakotay didn't know she did that, but Chakotay does the same for her. And yeah. she has that kind of like, almost like her morals fell down with the plaque and it's going back up. So well, maybe she would have, you know, something maybe I've she would have done crazy shit. She I've, did do crazy shit, but maybe she would have gone too far. It's kind of like taking the pips off, taking the badge off and like um, disassociating herself from Starfleet and from being a human. And I've only noticed it on this watch through, but she matches Ransom. Like she becomes Ransom in order to beat him. And as soon as he has the moral flip, her moral flip happens yeah. at the same time. So the Equinox yeah. plaque falls down. Her plaque falls down as well. They, they become the same captain. And it's like, is that okay? Like They become a similar captain. They are not the same. She does not She does not want to use aliens. She doesn't want to kill people to get back home. She wants to kill she Lessing. I, I, Lessing? The, 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 Noah, the guy that she was going to torture. I don't know if I believe like, that, though. His goal is to get home. Her goal is to get to the Equinox. And she's happy to kidnap species, um, potentially kill Noah. I, I think she ends up mirroring Ransom almost perfectly to mm. to fix the wrongs. I don't know. I think it's close. And I, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't argue, I wouldn't argue against what you're saying. I just see that slight 
space where the show didn't give us enough information for that call 100%, but they mm. did give us the information 100% for Ransom. We know 100% that Ransom crossed the line in this, this, and this way. Yeah, for we sure. We know that Janeway went up against the line, and because of circumstances, we didn't actually see yep. her Whatever situation result in the death of a Starfleet officer or, you know, all of these things that she was, you know, pressing up against. So we still have this ability to walk away and understandably so, why would the writers write her into a, they want her to be a little bit ambiguous with her morality, of course. Yeah. And and I don't mind that at all. And I think that it's a really interesting like part to write about being in the Delta Quadrant and mm-hmm. and these kinds of things and, and coming up against Starfleet. I just was really impressed with how the pacing felt because yeah. all of this could be like a daunting, kind of boring thing to watch. But you talked earlier about it being kind of like stitched together or folded together. And I was really impressed with the storytelling on this one, the editing mm-hmm. of this specifically, where all of a sudden I'm on a beach and I'm just pissed. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Oh, and then it becomes such an important visual aspect yeah. to us, the viewer of escapism amongst your terrible choices or just mm-hmm. life in general. But, you know, Ransom has a lot of weight on his soul. He's having his he conscience projected place. to him. Yeah, yeah. And it's a really powerful, you know, visual that was kind of like, ah, oh, this is, I don't like, why am I suddenly looking at the beach? And then it just kind of comes in in these moments where when he puts it on as the ship goes down, mm. I was like, Ooh, oh, boy. oh, man, that is. Keep the band playing, boys. We're going down. There is some symbolism there that was was chef's kiss for me in a way yeah because you're doing a lot of work in just a short period of time a clear this conscience had, now that the beach is empty yeah it, it really it, and we got to see him and how he sees himself in that moment yes. he was dressed in white he had a peaceful look on his face he was almost in prayer where i wonder if we would have seen him before like i wrote some stuff down that's a little bit silly like i wrote down um let's see wouldn't it be awesome if this happy place had a, the fucking ocean on fire or like horses of the, of the apocalypse rise up in the distance or like <laughs> the grim reaper's hand just slowly coming around his neck? Perhaps too much. <laughs> but instead he got to have his, you know, peaceful ending. Yeah, it's just, kind of you know. one of my sins is that his redemption is a bit too much. Like He's still a piece of shit. Like, this is just on why I wanted him. to see like some nasty stuff. Just yeah, to- <laughs> like he... Uh, he gets to go out kind of easy. Like, yes, he sacrifices himself, but we shouldn't be applauding him. Like, he uh, he has he has himself to blame for this. He did this, and he still killed a lot of aliens. He did. He did. He tried to right the wrong in the last moment in some yeah. ways. Janeway has a great line in this one. We all make our own hell. I hope you're. I hope you enjoy yours. Yeah. Um, Jesus. And it'd be really interesting if like. Again, he's at the very end and he's he's made this computer program show him paradise, but then like mm-hmm. leaking through the edges of that paradise is the hell that he built for himself. Yeah. I Ugh. I don't so good. I was I was waiting for something kind of yeah. on the horizon, like the aliens break through and, and you know, get him and then they they get their revenge on more than mm-hmm. just Max. But the show is telling us that with one decision you can write the balance of your moral, you know, mm-hmm. scales. And I don't know how that works. I'm glad that I'm not a oh great and almighty God that's designed to judge the hearts of men. But I don't this even episode want to be a definitely captain. goes into it. Yeah, I don't even <laughs> want to be a captain in this situation, let alone a God. Oh my goodness. But 
Um, yeah, it's I, I think it does so much work this episode. You can argue about whether Janeway's actions are believable or like in character, but regardless, it makes for an entertaining episode. Like, yeah, she goes really far, but having those conversations and that moral punches between her and Chakotay are so, so good and so worth it. And I just hope. Oh, the way that she, in that briefing where Chakotay's delivering the new plan and she's just leant up against the window, pissed as shit, just chewing nettles and drinking vinegar, just like, oh, you you son of a bitch, and then just like, it relieves him of command. But she still kind of lets it happen because, is she like saving face? Because like, Chakotay's got a plan, he's taking the lead, he's giving out the orders, Janeway doesn't get an input. Is she just like, this is my boat, bitch, like, <laughs> you're going to pay for this. But she also waits. She didn't mm-hmm. say you're relieved of duty and put that Starfleet officer back in that room and complete what she said. Yeah. She looked at him. She walked away. Mm-hmm. And then she said, okay, oh, oh, you've, shown your loyal, you've shown your loyalty to your captain. Now tell us about these aliens. Well, that's, that's, it's, and that's the huge thing with Chakotay. This means that he doesn't trust her. Like, okay, she didn't share her plan. But Chakotay doesn't trust Janeway, isn't going to kill him. And that's huge, because she could be like, you really thought I was going to kill him? You think that I'm a murderer? I, that's where, again, I'm not going to argue that she wouldn't have. Because I, the show is not giving me enough information yeah, about her completely. character in these two episodes mm-hmm. to tell me more about her as someone who has no memory of really watching this episode. Yeah. Or, so I, just, I wonder show, if she rather. puts it on pause, if she's just like, I'm not Janeway right now. I'm 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 ransom way. Well, I mean, I think she's still Janeway. I think she's just showing what kind of where Janeway will go when she has a ship that's about to warp out mm. and and leave them for dead. Yeah, I think we saw what war looks like with Janeway, and it was fucking oh awesome. My God, it's <laughs> so good. The man, we should do. Uh, we should. There's another really great two parter called the Year of Hell, and it's it's. That's war Janeway. Like, it's so juicy. Like, I may, we may just stick that in after all of the, the lovely episodes are done. So, so good. Um, right. Anything else you want to pull out before we move into some Sims ambassador? Can we talk about how I totally predicted that Seven was inside of his visor thingy? Wait, what? Totally inside when, of when his visor. Vi- oh, out the little you did. Woo- yeah. Woo-doo-dad. As soon as you see, like, the blonde lady, you're just like, that's Seven of Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it absolutely was. You 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 absolutely called that immediately. You're like, oh yeah, that's Nailed seven. It. That's seven. Nailed it was it. kind of so. I have I have like it's great. I love all of that. But certain people behind the scenes loved any excuse to pretty up Jerry Ryan and put her on display. Um, it was it was a notorious behind the scenes thing. So it's kind of a, a loaded thing, but. It makes sense in the episode. Like it works as a visual representation of of his conscience for sure. Yeah, and and Seven represents that in an interesting way. As a Borg, she represents the moral load. Oh, it's amazing! <laughs> it was so good. It's so beautiful. <laughs> and I, like I said earlier, I don't know if it worked. I don't know why it's supposed to work in a, in a way because I don't know why she of all things is an interesting person for a ransom. Like. He's done a lot um, of bad things. I don't know why. And again, I, I, I speculate it's because she's a beautiful woman and maybe that's what the show, like something stirred inside of him mm-hmm. and he began to see her in so, his subconscious and he just couldn't go that far I thought anymore. about that. Um, but no matter what, 
seeing Seven in this role, I loved because yes. I do remember watching the show and seeing Seven and being like, yeah, I like that character because I forgot like her cadence, how she talks. Oh, I you love know, the way she talks. It's so good. It's kind of Vulcan-ish, but with more emotion. It's like a more interesting version of Vulcan's. I, I'm with you on that, but then so so when I saw her last was in Picard, where she has had a lot of Oh yeah, she's basically time. human again. Yeah. Yeah. So to see her back in this phase of her life and being that like her her statements mm. are just statements. Yeah. Like uh let's see. Oh, when Ransom comes in, he just says she says, State your intentions. Yes. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Let's, let's just get go. to the point. <laughs> I think this is how you would choose to talk. Yeah. <laughs> It's so much more clear. Yep. You could learn a lot from it. You would be an inferior role model. At the beginning of the show, you said, how are you, Danae? And my reaction was, state your intentions. <laughs> yeah. State your intentions. Why do did you, you ask have a, that? Do you want to have a quick like, ha ha story for my life? Do you really want to know how I am? Do yeah. we really want to go are there right now? Are we going right there now? right now? <laughs> no, it's, so, it really is great. I love that. She cuts to the core of like, problems in a similar way that data does as well and i think data is a more interesting version of vulcans as well um they both have this like data's more childlike seven of nine is more like doesn't care about social constructs and it's just like efficient let's let's get to the point of this the most efficient way possible i'm not going to give you the the shit that you need me to give you torture me and let's i love go. that what what's really brave about writing a character like this is it forces you to not have a lot of fluff because yeah. seven is going to mm. cut to what are you trying to Gives do? Gives you permission to just get there, and then the show goes there. And I feel like that's why I enjoyed the pacing so much. We yeah. really didn't spend a lot of time in the fluff and buff. We no. were literally just solving problems, making decisions. And she is like, "I'm not interested in talking to you." Mm. Uh, she calls ransom out on his um whole like, oh, "I have no other I have choice." No choice. It's so good. Just pulls apart she, that argument. Picard would have a speech. Janeway might have a speech. Mm -hmm. Seven's just like, this is irrational. And then guess what? When the doctor says you have no choice, it's beautiful because he's being told this by the program he just deleted the ethical subroutines from. He's like, oh, fuck. Satan exactly. agrees with me. I'm really fucked yes. up, didn't I? There, And this is what I'm saying. The writing in this really reflects some very interesting parallels of when you've gone too far and when you see that you've gone too far. Yes. I, the the writing was singing for me because it was mm -hmm. so, I was seeing layers in it. I don't know if I'm seeing layers in it because I have Jordy's visor on or what, but mm -hmm. I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of depth in here. Think about this. Ransom says you can become part of my crew or you can be tortured. Mm -hmm. Saying that to a Borg. Oh, who has shit. been assimilated. Yes. Oh, so she's being given juicy. you either assimilate to my crew yeah. or you're going to be annihilated. And oh, she chooses man. annihilation. That's actually a really insensitive thing to say to Seven of Nine. Like, we're going to assimilate you or it's going to be really, really painful. Like, come with us willingly. Wow. Yeah. I hadn't even it's, thought about that. that. That's amazing. That hit me really deep because yeah. she... We're we're playing around with her having emotions and how she communicates and everything like like how she as a character develops. Mm -hmm. But in this case, it's like I'd rather it not exist. And then in robotic fashion, she lays there and is tortured by a singing companion of hers. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and huh? doesn't hold it against them, but rather sees that it was a program, an error in his programming yeah. because of how she's wired. 
And so uh, there was no fear. There was no, like all of that stripped away from this character who mm-hmm. has accepted her fate. She's not begging because she no. knows there's no reason to beg. She's just Inefficient there. use of energy. Yeah. Any thought that I had that this good doctor that had just turned bad might have something inside of there, that she might pull something out of him mm-hmm. and turn it all around in the end, somehow that little storyline that m- blipped up in my potential for this episode never came to fruition. She was just been, resigned to her death. It would have been so frustrating to even see that, though, and especially if it had worked, because that's that's asking a computer to do something that it isn't designed to do like anything you're trying to appeal to doesn't exist in his brain anymore so i'm really glad that instead they pivot towards the the evil doctor now being the extreme end of where ransom is and seven of nine is at the opposite end of this spectrum and ransom has to find the place where he's at and he realizes that he is he's gone too way far. beyond the end yeah. of the spectrum that he's comfortable being at Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and he so, wants so to redeem himself, and then he's stopped from that redemption by his crew. Mm-hmm. Whereas Janeway never technically needed redemption to be; st- she was stopped yeah. before she got she too far. Before she actually really got there, and at the end, she's just like, "Ah, why didn't you stop me?" And I, Janeway is the only one that really doesn't get the comeuppance that I think she deserves. Eh, I liked it. But yeah. <laughs> We should also just quickly to talk about the doctor versus doctor. There's a couple things I wanted to say about that. Mm, One, besides just again it being too easy to delete an ethical subroutine, um, <laughs> there's a couple things. One, I loved that they deleted the good doctor's ethical subroutine because I would have sent it if they didn't. Oh, my because goodness. they had the technology to do it. Why wouldn't they yeah. just do D- it again? Ransom's just like whatever. Beep, 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 he just walks done. over to the wall. Yeah, and it was so great. It's like so that's good. exactly what would happen. Yeah. That's what you should do. Similarly, the good doctor goes back to the to Voyager and has a confrontation with the bad doctor. Mm-hmm. The bad doctor says, "Before you do this, I've I've designed." It. He's just like, "Computer, delete the da da da." And yeah. I was like, "That's exactly how yeah. we go." Just do it really quick. I mean, he shouldn't have to they, say it out loud. He could just think it. But they anyway, didn't have to monologue, and they didn't yeah. monologue. And I was like, "That's." Let's we just have seven this. of nine just st- saying it like it is. We have characters that are just like yeah. we have a we have a, a captain that's just like fucking fire the phaser, Tuvok. Don't don't <laughs> just, right. fucking so do it. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, that that I can see that appealing to you. So those are the things I I think that I I, I believe every other I kind of I found it believable. I th- I that you know the, I think the other thing that happened in this was the alien creatures summoning the other guys and then having that kind of like back and forth. Mm. You know, this is what they're saying; they can understand you, kind of a thing. Yeah. So I don't, I, but I think we hit on everything else. It Did is, you have anything else? I, I had a couple more, just a couple of little, little tiny yeah. things. I, I do think it's it's interesting how quickly Janeway gives up on communication. <laughs> She's just like, well, just stop tinkering with adverbs. We need to go. We gave the chance. Let's move on. That's where I'm just like, oh, that's why my my slope of, oh, that's not Janeway, but it is Janeway. But that's where I was just like, ah, what would Picard do? But I, you got to stop. She's her, she's her own caption. She's her own thing. Now, this was an interesting thing that I only just noticed, and it's just a weird quirk. And it's I bring it up because it relates to another two parts that we've watched together, and that's Descent, which is the one with Law and the Borg, and in that oh, two part. Yes. Geordie gets kidnapped, Data's emotions or whatever, Data is compromised, and Data has to experiment on Geordie as well. So it's just interesting how mm, we have Geordie and Seven being there. experimented on 
by Data and the Doctor and just how similar it is. It's about getting information out of them and then just how they resolve it at the end is really similarly as well. So I don't know if it's deliberate, like it might just be an accidental mirror, but it's just a huge similarity between this and Descent. And I think this episode does it better. It's where Voyager beats TNG. That's interesting. I also a similarity is we had a way team action. Oh, that wasn't the part of the show they freaking love. <laughs> the pacing on that was so good. You have the bad guys go yeah. down to the uh, to the planet to get you know some ores so they can do the thing, mm-hmm. and then they're just walking. Oh, around. it looks like Yellowstone Park, and there's a family of lemurs down there. <laughs> and then fucking Chakotay is like, fire! <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, holy Let's shit! Let's go get them. I was so excited. Oh, man. I was way too excited for that. I don't know. I don't know what. What does all this say about me, Ian? Are you just like the pacing? You like a bit of action. Yeah. You like a bit of you like it. You like to mix it up. I like. I get that. There's no like talking about metaphors on a planet. Um, we we just kind of whip through it all. <sighs> yeah. It was One last quick thing that I had. I just love the music in this episode. The score. Yeah, it was the really bum, good. Bum, 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 is so good. The way the the battles are punctuated and elevated by the score. So so good. And it's not a theme that comes back. It this is the Equinox theme, and it's so. Oh. Uh, I'm saying that I'm sure I'll get corrected, but I've seen Voyager enough where I don't remember this score coming up again. It's just for Equinox. I love it so much. Like we talked about earlier, that that tension with that one singular photon torpedo that no one knows is going to actually go through the shield. And I think I think at that point there was just the sustained note in the music. Yeah, it was was Uh, really brilliant. It's uh, and it's it's the reason why again. I love the sound that accompanies the aliens because it's such a great way to, oh, I'm kind of done with this conversation. Let's bring in the alien noise. There's just one alien left behind on a theremin just sending out the, the sound waves. Amazing. And of course, the cortical node is connected to the particular node. Oh, the reticular yes. node the is connected to the occipital node. It's so eerie and creepy it's so and eerie. just a great juxtaposition it's so good yeah it's like this doctor hadn't seen the same shit that the other bad doctor had so he still had maybe some of his humor intact yes. and his just like lightheartedness the other doctor had been freed and then it was just too serious so his mm. like his programming shifted a little bit more towards the darker tone Whereas this guy is still just whistling while he works, even if it's insanely creepy. But yeah, mm-hmm. the singing on it was unexpected. So good. You know, in an episode like this where the intensity is really dialed up and the seriousness is dialed up, trying to find the right time to have a little bit of a humor tone is tricky. In fact, I think that the doctor's the doctor was the only lighthearted moment that we had. Yeah, other in this than entire like episode. Noah saying the saying about the how it looks like Yellowstone and it, or whatever national park he is on the away machine, and then he's immediately shot. Yeah, and then that... we go to torture. Like that's about it. But yeah, the humor from the Doctor is perfectly timed, perfectly placed, and it's not jarring because it makes sense. Because it it's makes sense. just he's been deleted Super now. And this is how he would I, be. I'm saying this. This. This it's one so is. Good. Every every single one was working for me. Am I yeah. gonna like it the second time I see it? I don't know. Do you I watch probably things never twice? see no. it again. Nope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, with that, that was amazing. Four pips all around. Um, predictions covered. Episode covered. Let's head into some sins. Battle stations. Everyone, red alert. Warning: warp core collapse in ten seconds. 
This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV shows without sin, even our beloved Star Trek. Go for it, Ambassador. Ooh, well, like you eluded, I really didn't have, you know, a lot. My biggest sins that I really... The biggest sin that I felt of this episode, as I mentioned during the previous part, is I felt like the payoff... I wouldn't know how I would write this, but the payoff of Janeway giving the aliens the equinox i don't know how i would write that mm. if because everyone was really tense about it so maybe i would just write something sassy like you think this is going to be a really big deal but it ends up not being that big of a deal <laughs> yeah um, i mean we'd we'd go over the top i think and just like oh she's crossed oh, the line this is juicy oh. there's no way they'll just not address this <laughs> can't wait to see and, how and this is don't. resolved they don't yeah, it's probably my biggest sin as well is that we yeah. don't get a resolution with the aliens and since we never see them again as well there's not a moment between them where they get really justice or they get recompense or any like reparations or anything for the massacre of their people they just kind of happily disappear yeah i don't i don't know how to write that succinctly like we would for Mm -hmm. for like an episode but that was the biggest sin of this one for me um And I'll go over my other ones after yours. What's yours? But again, you could argue that it's not really the point of the episode as well. Like the point is the moral stuff between Jan, uh, Janeway and Ransom. Janeway is. You can argue away any that. of our sins. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> um, my my one just uh, the biggest one for me, I guess, is the whole EMH fuckery. So I don't know why it's so easy to delete the ethics from the EMH. I think I understand the logic behind it. Like, if you need the Doctor to do something that is technically unethical, and you need the final say, because the Doctor is a tool. He is a he's a talking, walking, thinking tricorder and surgeon. And at the bottom line, I think a human needs to have control over the, the AI overall to make sure it doesn't do anything squiffy. And I think being able to overrule its ethical subroutines is part of that. But it shouldn't be that easy. And it definitely shouldn't be that easy just to delete the EMH. Like, he just walks in. He's a hologram. So he, he shouldn't have it, any yeah. kind of power, to be to be completely honest. He's a bit of the computer. And he just walks in and deletes the, the EMH. Like, that, for me, it was a... Yes, it's quick, but it's also a bit of an anticlimactic ending. Like, so what about the photon grenades that he set up? Maybe he was lying. Maybe he didn't. But this EMH has been really, really smart until he just gets deleted. <laughs> I don't know. I felt a little bit disappointing. Yeah, I can understand that. My next ones are probably going to be more about Ransom's creepo factor with Seven. Oh, um, go for it. Yeah, don't touch her face as, as, I, as I'm guessing what number one is. Just don't fucking touch people's faces. <laughs> you fucking you know, creep. Even if there's an injury there that you're just wanting to gently, you know, sensually wipe your your pinky along. You know, you're scraping her skin. Oh, go take her to sick bay. It's like, okay, great. Just touching like the end next Wonderful. to her face. Blah, yeah, stop it. Made me sick. Stop it. So I would definitely send that. But yeah. I think the one that I would stick to the most is Max says something to her and then Seven says, he says, you're supposed to smile and make a witty retort. You better let your shields down. And that is the Star Trek equivalent of asking a woman to smile. Oh, it sucks. Yeah. And I hate it. All the red flags. I, you never know unless it's happened to you Many, 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 many times in your life, if you're not smiling and a man walks up to you and says, you're too pretty to not smile, until you have that happen to you many, many times, you don't know 
what it's like uh, it's, to then feel mm-hmm. obligated to respond to that or do what they say because you're their fucking puppet. Ugh. And it's written into content and it pisses me off. It's so this isn't much. quite like on the nose, mm-hmm. but it's close. You're supposed yeah. to smile and make a woody retort. Yeah. So I would write something sorry. I would write something so really sassy about that. Like that is exactly how I kind of get that he was interacting with Balana as well. Like he thinks that he's like he thinks he's a gift to women. It's like you should be bantering with me. I'm amazing. I am Max. Did you not know that I'm Max? <laughs> I'm, I'm Max. Max. You may have heard I'm Max. I represent the testosterone. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm the episode, testosterone actually, in the room. lots of it. <laughs> we have testosterone in the form of cortical, uh, some sort of like a th- little visual thing from my captain, where yeah. <laughs> you're basically going to be mostly uh, naked. You may as well just enjoy it. As well. Yeah, it's so mm-hmm. weird. You're right, and it's it sucks because it. Especially when the men tend to think that they're saying something nice. Oh, it was a compliment. Oh, good. Nice of you to think that I required a compliment from you. This happened to me in an interview once. I was interviewing for a job. I'm assuming you didn't get it because you killed them. (laughs) (laughs) I was at the lowest point of my entire life at that point. I I, want to think I haven't gotten that low again, but it's been close. But it was like (laughs) really, really bad. I was about to lose my house. I was about to lose my Jeep. Um, I had no money in my bank account. And it was time like I have to find a job or I'm literally going to be homeless. And and all of my bills were three months past due, which means you're starting to go into collections. Oh, boy. I was in it. I was depressed. I had stopped smiling. I had stopped telling jokes. People that met me didn't even know that I was, quote unquote, a funny person. I was so <laughs> low. You'd be and funnier if this, you laughed more. I'd go into this interview and I'm just like, Ugh. And, and it's a soul sucking interview too, because it yeah. was for a sales job, you know, uh-huh, I don't, uh-huh. I don't want to do, I don't want to do this. I have to do this. Yeah. I, I need get this job. job. Yeah. The stress of this interview, 11 out of 10. I was oh, so stressed boy. out. I'm sitting there in the, and I'm waiting to be called back. And I'm in this waiting room by myself. I'd watched four other people go back for their interview. Many people interviewing for this job. And then there's me. And I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking about my life and I'm thinking about, everything and this guy walks by the door he stops he walks backwards pops his head around just like you see in the movies turns his whole body towards me puts his hands on his hips smiles and says i'm dying you know no you're too pretty to to be frowning you should smile you've got so much to smile about sweetheart have a good interview and walks on and he may as well have said if i had boobs i'd look at them all the time Oh my God, it was so... Uh, then I have the added weight of going, if everyone can see how unhappy I am, how am I ever going to get an interview? Because I know how different I was as a person in that moment. Yeah. They don't know me. No. But maybe I just am a person who's... They, this, but they didn't to, know that this yeah, was very maybe different I just for don't. me. Maybe this is my face. Maybe I just don't <gasps> smile a lot unless I have a reason. Oh, what a Oof. dick. Yeah, and then so I yeah, had to go into him. the interview... <laughs> But you know what? It was a it was a reminder to smile, and sometimes there's times to fake it, Don't and you that defend was maybe him? a good reminder at he that moment died. to make a positive impression on no. on this company that needed to plug in a human energy into their sales bottom line, and, yeah. and then they sucked the energy out of me for plug three in years. Human and energy I into their sales crawled bottom. my way out of the hole. Yeah, smiling while you did it. Oh gosh, yeah. What so a, yeah, what when, a when this happens in in media, I'm like. Get him. 
Yeah. Like, you get me the fucking phaser. All I'm going to go Janeway. However, it is in character. So I don't know if we could sin it. Okay. 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 Uh, my next one is... Um, you have a crew. I think Voyager has a crew of 150-ish, I think. I could be wrong. I think that's what it is. How is Tom your best option for medic after six years? <laughs> he is the pilot. It's been six years and you haven't trained anybody to be better than him that once upon a time went on a first aid course in prison. Like, how? How is Tom your best option? He isn't and shouldn't be. Like, and I love that our introduction is flatline and then tom like lifts the blanket over and goes oh well <laughs> moves on his face is just like lost another i don't know that i've ever questioned a sick bay more right than in this, an episode like this because there's a lot of people on the ship and there's like two beds and in this episode they're just like on the floor as if we're camping <laughs> i know <laughs> just sort of hanging out with like little reflective yeah, <laughs> just heat blankets on. on. Like the, the temperature shouldn't be the problem in this room. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't know why they haven't. Instead of making a pub, I don't know why they didn't convert the holodeck into a permanent additional yeah. sick bay. You would think that they would need more <sighs> more beds, but maybe because of technology, people aren't usually sick for very long. I don't know. Maybe I just I still struggle whenever I see Tom with a tri a medical tricorder and a hypo spray. I'm like, I'll die. <laughs> <laughs> It's Tom, fine. get away from it's me. It's my time. Turkey sandwich? What was it, Tom? A turkey, turkey platter. Per turkey platter? <laughs> turkey platter? Yeah. yeah. I don't have many more at all. Thank to you, okay. Ambassador. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I don't know that I have very many either Um, because I was really enjoying this episode. And it's a great. lot of the things that I thought were going to be like a cliche sin situation, they resolved pretty quickly for me. Yeah. Now, that said, we have a lot in our live chat, so um, mm. we'll get to those uh next maybe outtakes yeah outtakes yeah we will indeed i think the main thing that doesn't work for me is actually the resolution of the cliffhanger i think this would work better if it was edited together as one hour and 20 minute thing because the immediate resolution is janeway swings around shoots the alien and then chakotay is the one that gets hit and i'm just like that for me works better as one cohesive scene where there's a battle going on and chakotay gets hit i mean also, it means nothing. He's back on his feet within a couple of minutes. So it's a cliffhanger it's for the kiss. sake of if a... If they kissed, it would have mm-hmm. been more serious. Mm-hmm. It's a cliffhanger for the sake of a cliffhanger. And it just uh, doesn't doesn't work for me. Didn't didn't work for me. Ding it. Ding it. Ding it. Not dang it, but ding it. Dang um, it. So the equinox explodes. And I just wrote, sin, no one cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Because the entire <laughs> the entire cast oh. of the Voyager is just soberly looking out the screen, and I, <laughs> I just felt like, in all honesty, this was a celebratory moment, not a sad moment. No, I disagree because they saw a beautiful ship get blown up, and I'm always mm. sad when I see a ship destroyed. And the Equinox is a beautiful ship. It is a somber moment yeah. when a ship. Gets it was dead. pretty fucked up ship. Oh, another thing ruined. I actually liked about this episode, seeing all like the retrofit stuff that they've got, oh, sticking out like, consoles bars? and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. the debris blockers to like stop yeah. bars. Um, debris blocking, uh, atta- uh, falling on the pads. I love it. It makes so much sense. Seven just kind of mentions at the end of the episode that maybe you can actually add in some programming for security protocols so that you can't have your... I know we just kind of covered the whole uh, how easy it is to delete it, but then like... We the have show the kind of addresses it. We too. can reprogram him. Yeah. Six years mm-hmm. in and you haven't done this yet. It's kind of insane. What the what the fuck? 
next sin. Yeah. Does you and me and a tuning fork mean? So that he can be in key again, a tuning fork. Okay. Because he was That's out of tune. That's not like code. He wishes. <laughs> okay. Anything else, Ambassador. The crewmen are just stripped of their rank and not put in the brig. Absolutely crazy. They should be restrained for a time. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. But I guess it's a matter of resources. Like prison sentences. She... I think in the future we know that prison sentences for the sake of prison sentences don't work. They don't encourage people not to reoffend. So maybe they're they're doing Right. But having conversations separate them all from each other so that they can think about things. Mm-hmm. Have some conversations with a counselor, then reinstate them. She lined them up, yeah, grabbed their hand slapped it yep. and then dismissed them you'll be scrubbing so, the warp core you'll be scrubbing the holodeck mm-hmm. yeah basically mm-hmm. gave them those due. i guess they could be put on different parts of the ship like under different people so but it's just that well, what do we do with them and this is their decision like we can't have them in the brig the whole time we we're never going to see these actors again so we just need to dish out the punishment right away next but yeah sin. yeah we'd send it do we send neelix's potluck just because i've noticed that people don't like neelix Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, this is okay. your resolution. This is how you're going to fix things. Neelix. Yeah. But it, not just Neelix, a potluck. Yeah. I don't even know what do one you, of those is. I was going to ask, do you have potlucks in I England? I have no idea. We might, but I've never heard of one. You're kidding. No. Pot's a potluck. What, you all bring a different meal? Is that so, what it's meant to be? A potluck is when you trust that the person bringing the food cooked it in a fashion that is appropriate. Oh, because lots of people are bringing food. To the group. Yeah, everybody brings a dish. Right. There's lots and lots of extension cords, lots and lots of like slow cookers. They're all kind of plugged in. That's so inconvenient. And then then everyone partakes. I can see why Chakotay is bringing a salad. (laughs) Doesn't need to be cooked. she's just bringing croutons. Yes, like, no, you're joining in on my potluck. Stop it. I don't even know how how you would do that practically on Voyager. Like... Do you have your own stash of things in your quarters? Like, I thought Neelix had all of the food. Like, who's bringing what? You you have replicator rations. Like, just fucking replicate it when you get to the mess hall. Why are you dragging it across the ship? Now that I know what a yeah. potluck is, I'm sending the heck out of it. <laughs> fucking potlucks. And that's really the biggest end of the show, right? Of course. I mean, it has to be. Fucking potluck. So impractical. So impractical. Um. Well, I mean... With that, our, our final point before we wrap this up, it's our last one of the series. Moopsie versus this alien. Who wins? Well, I think we did this last episode, right? And we Wait, weren't we? sure this alien has bones. Or did we not? I can't remember. Was that the previous? Okay, okay. This uh, this alien wins versus Moopsie. Because it's kind of like the Peregrine Falcon. It just like zooms ah! in, it attacks, and it swoops away. Yeah, I think Moopsie finds a way to latch on. We don't know how quick Moopsy's reflexes are. I think Moopsy latches on and, and desiccates it. I think Moopsy wins. I Really? Yeah, I think Moopsy wins this one. But there's more of the other kind, or is it just like one Oh, is on this one? still just one Moopsy? One versus one, I think Moopsy wins. So Moopsy's sitting there. Yeah. The alien swoops down. Yeah. If it gets a latch on, you're like... Moopsie, Unless you're Chakotay or Janeway, mm-hmm. you're instantly dead. But Moopsy gets a latch on as well. I think it would be a race between who could kill the other quicker. Suck the Maybe other they one both faster. Die. Yeah, who can suck faster? I think they both die in this in this equation. Stalemate. Yeah, stalemate. That's quite <laughs> fitting for the last one. Well, we have now wrapped up our monster medley. I'm sure we might return to it in the future. Top of your head, what was your favourite monster? Mm. 
Oh my god. We've got Armus. We've got the Amoebas. We've got um the Horta. Wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah, we've got the Horta. We've wait, no, was that part of the monster? Kind of. Yeah, no, no, it was. We've got the um the 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 bug at the end of conspiracy that's the alien inside the chest in TNG. Um we've Oh my got... god, I forgot about that. <laughs> right. Phasing him in the head and the little bug thing. We've got the monster from Darmok, the Triceratops monster thing that goes invisible. Um, oh my god. <laughs> what was your favorite? Holy shit, that's a lot. You yeah, should have told me that I was going to have to answer this question. Nope, on the spot, no prep. Um, I'm going salt monster, I think. The salt monster, yes! Yeah, because I think that there's such a tragic situation where this thing was killed. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> shouldn't so have been. There's so much more to explore yeah. with this alien creature. I love it. Um. And I, I really thought that it was a, a, a fun, a fun way of introducing a bad guy. Mm. It like, really was. When, when it looks different to other people, and then it was like symbiotic with one person, and, and then it shifted over, and mm-hmm. you, you sort of have this, uh, like mystery going on, and everyone's got suction cups. They don't know where it's coming from, and then the big reveal, and it's this really creepy looking mask with these big suction fingers. And I'm sure that looked really amazing. I'm sure it looked terrible in person. But I think it looks better on screen. <laughs> I almost said the Horta as that's well. That's my favorite. That's my my pick. Um, the Horta is just that's it's my, my salt be- bay. Because that Love one ends well. Yes. Well, the Horda is saved. There's communication, and we also got to see Spock do like a Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> little bluetooth little bluetooth, little bluetooth mind yeah yeah i love it which isn't done very often and that no. felt pretty epic to me i um, love that and it was really fun to see that kind of like come yeah. to life in a way oh, it's been fun um, so have you enjoyed the seeing a selection of monsters from the star trek universe i have and it's also been interesting to see what your version of monster it's is. been hard it's not always been easy <laughs> I've really, I've really had a good time. I'm kind of sad that it's over. I love these themes. We'll continue to do themes, and the next one's going to be the love theme for it the is. season of, of Valentine's. Fourth February. Um, so, well, are we going to just do four episodes? With that, I mean, I have got you all voted for your favorites. I have five that received multiple votes, so we could easily do five unconventional loved theme episodes. Um, and I will give you the rankings for them, but maybe towards the end. And by voted, I mean you sent in suggestions and I compiled who, uh, which episode got the most votes. So it's all completely blinded. You don't know how, how it happened. Um, I will say, I think to ease us in, we were given a Voyager suggestion. So I think because we're already kind of in the Voyager mindset, we're going to stay with Voyager. And next week, our first unconventional love episode is going to be the Q and the Grey. Um, this is, unsurprisingly, a Q episode. It's one of my favourite Q episodes. Probably my favourite one in Voyager. Um, and I think it definitely it definitely falls into the category of unconventional love. So good. Um, but I, I do want to give you I, the, the... Yeah, go for it, Ambassador. I'm also loving that these were recommended by the listener. So for these the first time came from you ever, guys. you don't have to be the recipient of mm-hmm. hate mail. <laughs> all five of all five of these had multiple votes, um, and all all came from from different people. So I absolutely love that. I will say the winner, the one that had clearly the most votes, and we will be doing it over over the next month, um, is City on the Edge of Forever. 
which is a classic TOS episode. Probably one of the best, if not the best TOS episode. Um, and that by far and away had the most emails, so we will be doing that. But I wanted to do Q in the Grain next because we're in the Voyager realm. Um, so looking forward to that. Your homework for next week is Q in the Grey. We will see you then. And until next week, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Captain Ian, and we should be tracking ransom, not tinkering with adverbs. <laughs> I think I'm going to just say your compassion is irrelevant from me, considering we talked about compassion earlier. Nice. I love it. And live long and monster. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. The more you know. You're, you were off by some decibels. Go get Decihertz. a tuning fork and shove it up your, what? What? Uh, there was a, there were plans in place for there to be somebody that's very tall to help with a last part of my tree you have aaron can't aaron do it he's tall yeah yeah we're gonna we're gonna have i'm gonna have there there's there's re- reprogramming is happening yeah <laughs> i think you could stack reese's on top of your shoulders and mm-hmm. then twix on top of reese's mm-hmm. actually no i think reese's twix should go on the bottom he's more scared in fact i think twix should go twix should go on the very bottom you stand okay. on top of twix reese's on okay. your shoulders Right. And then Iris on top of Reese's and right. Iris can swat at the tree until it comes down. Great. Yeah, I see it. no issues with this plan. So this, um, I don't even know how tall this tree is. 12 feet? It's, <laughs> it's not 12 feet tall. Is it, tw- is it 12 feet tall? It, it wouldn't fit in your house if it was 12 feet tall. Your ceiling is not 12 foot high. That's two humans. You know, yeah. my dad, it's two. Sorry, it's two of me. That would be two of me standing me on top of my head plus two inches. Y- yeah. I'm going to go measure. You don't have 12 and see Come with me, Ian. <laughs> okay. I got math to do. Hold on. I think I have like nine foot ceiling. That, yeah. That like sounds like nine right. And a half. That sounds right. Which means eight foot for the tree sounds spot yeah. on. Yeah. Worth it. Yesterday, I decided to go to this uh, women's um, support group. I don't usually invest in anything like this because I, I find it to be a little awkward. Mm, uh, as of course. I, like when I was in my 20s, I, I I went to a lot of different kind of groups just to sort of like, where where do I belong? And of course, my my work was my social structure and I, I, I was adventuring out. Now, though, I'm not really like going out anymore, probably because I'm a, like I am a full time mom. So it's it's. I don't have time so, to think about that. When I heard the that. M, I thought you were going to say monster. I don't go out probably because I'm a monster. What do you think of me, <laughs> Captain? My God. Um. So I, I decided, though, there's just these context clues to my life that I am needing something more than what I have now. And mm. I was like, okay, well, there's this like thing. It's like an hour long. It's with a healthcare professional I really respect. And I'm just kind of curious what she said. And it was on the subject of compassion. Uh, for yourself mm. and so we're sitting there and she's like okay so according to studies uh you need to say 30 positive things to yourself every day oh and i about gosh. fell out of my fucking chair yeah, i, I like, would have 30? cackled 30 i i can't list 30 i can't list 13 how, how would you say 30 every day that's i'd rather just go for a run this started when i was very little my grandmother uh <laughs> her neighbor um 
moved mm. and left their dog chained to a post no. in the back. And grandkids were all playing in the backyard and I was just at the fence watching it and I was so upset for this little dog. And I was asking a lot of questions of the adults. Where are the owners? How long have they been gone? And everyone seemed to be sort of like, oh, it'll be fine. They'll figure it out. And I was so concerned with the well-being of this creature. Like, how long yeah, has it been since anybody's given a food or water? It's going to be okay. So I I think I took, <laughs> this is terrible. I was a kid. I think I took pool water out of the pool and brought it to the dog. That's <laughs> logical. Not ideal considering the chemical balance of the water. But no, but it's logical for a kid. Better than water is water. Not having water, I guess. Um, and it was just this little weird dog. It was the weirdest dog. I think I named it Gizmo. <laughs> oh. And I convinced my parents to let me take it home, which must mean now that I'm thinking about it, they had to have had adult conversations with I decision would makers. Think, yeah, I would think so. They wouldn't be like, yes, let's let our child steal the neighbor's dog. They would no. have been like, no, they've actually been gone for a week. This is yeah, a good we idea. Know, to take we know they're dog. not coming back. Yeah. There was another one that I uh, took from a party. I went to a party when I was in my teen, like I think it was like 19 maybe. And I went to a, uh, this house that was filled with people doing all kinds of things that are illegal. I didn't feel comfortable being there. And there was a dog there that was very much not being taken care of. Mm. And I stole it from the party. Oh my goodness. Um, Has the statute of limitations run out on that one? Should you put that in the show? That, that dog is that dog is long gone. <laughs> I I was I'm the awkward person when I go to a party. I don't know what to do. I don't have mm. anyone that I feel comfortable like talking to. I don't really relate to what they're talking about. I'm not interested in like partying hard. So it's more me and this dog. So at the time, I think I was in my mom's VW bug. Uh, and we puttered out of there, <laughs> me and this dog. And I think my boyfriend at the time, who I made leave with me, because I'm like, oh, we got to get here. This is this this is this is not a good situation. People are shooting shit up. We're like, I don't want to be here. And this dog is like, <laughs> this is how it sounded. <laughs> like <laughs> his tongue kind of like lolling out. It was fucked up. Um, it threw up on me four or five times in the car. Mm -hmm. Inside of the vomit on my lap was part of um one of those soldier toys this little plastic oh, soldier the toys green army men four or five crayons yeah like and i'm literally put like Ugh. what is this and it's like a chunk of metal like this dog is just scrounging for its yeah. existence so i didn't feel bad taking it oh i didn't boy. even know whose house we were at i was just like this dog needs this to be now. someplace else um so yeah I, i've done a couple of like legit rescues mm -hmm. and then also just stolen a dog Found from the house. Yep, just stolen one. One thing I wanted to do was to read out a quick uh, email update from um, Flyboy. Who this is in the continuing. I don't like voyages tiny themselves thing, and I don't. Sorry, I like them. I don't understand why they move up and down. So, according to the unpublished um, Voyager season one edition of the Star Trek Voyager technical manual by Rick Sternback, who was a freaking legend. Um, and Michael Akuda and Denise Akuda, both legends, all three of them. Uh, Flyboy says, It was suggested on page 12 that because of this new folding wing and the cell configuration, warp fields might no longer have a negative impact on habitable worlds and subspace as established in TNG Force of Nature. According to the Star Trek Encyclopedia, 3rd edition, page 555, these nacelles did in fact prevent damage to subspace. 
so they're more environmentally friendly because of the warp bubble that they allow the ship to create. According to comments by Michael and Denise Akuda, I would love to get them on the show one day. When mentioning of the speed limit, while when mentioning the speed limit was abandoned a few years after Force of Nature, it was assumed that newer ships such as USS Voyager and Defiant had improved environmentally, um, and that's why they can go um, above warp five. So in TNG in season seven, there's a dumb episode. It was meant to be uh, like an environmentally conscious episode, and we find out that every time a ship goes to warp. It's erasing the ozone. It's basically destroying subspace. And that's Who cares? So, that's the next generation's problem. <laughs> it's so inconvenient and irritating that they just quietly dissolve it from canon. They just ignore it. And so I think the logic was when Voyager came around, they wanted to address it. So the tiny warp wings, it's bullshit. I still don't buy it. It's still nonsense. It's fucking dumb. It looks cool. <laughs> that's all it is. It looks cool. Sin removal. This is a good Chakotay episode. That's not something that always happens. Ouch, but fair. That's from David. <laughs> David also has some sins. Let's go through those. <clears throat> Sin, quote, I've reinstated Chakotay, unquote. Upon reinstating him, why didn't he arrest Janeway and put her in the brig? <laughs> her behavior certainly warranted it. That would have made for a great ending. Also, Sin, I don't buy that a couple of visions of Seven in his discount holodeck is enough to make Ransom have such a radical change of heart and morality. I, I agree, think... but I think it was trying to say that about the doctor and it, it, kind of the combination of that moment. But I feel like the show weighing on Seven was an interesting. Mm. I, she just cuts to the core of it. She's just like, yeah, you're, yeah, you're dumb. You, um, you have no choice. That's a bullshit reason. Own it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's like a reverse slippery slope. So to begin with, he's like, it's it's okay to kill these guys because it's only ten of them. Whatever, it doesn't matter. We're gonna get home. And then once you justify that, because it was an accident, then you justify doing it deliberately. And now, now he's justifying torturing a human. And it's like, where do my justifications stop? And I think that's what hits him, is that I'm not okay with torturing seven of nine, so maybe it shouldn't be okay that I'm torturing these aliens as well. So I think it's that slippery slope of morality. Here's some more sins from David. Without its enhanced drive, Equinox is only capable of warp, warp six with a 0.03% increase, that's still only warp 6.18, significantly slower than Voyager's top speed of warp 9.975. I still don't get this at all. Like the maths, they made the mistake of giving us some specifics in part they one. They shouldn't have done that. And they should not have done that. Yeah. Ransom says it's going to take months to get home. Well, last week, Janeway says the, the Equinox's top speed is warp eight. I think they're stuck at warp six because they're damaged. But even so, I don't know how they are getting home within months based on these percentage increases. It's it's like they're opening wormholes. Some sin removals here. Wandering says, I prefer the brig. <laughs> it's a good moment. I prefer the brig. So dead. Seven's deadly shade thrown at both Ransom and Maxwell. Crude and inferior. <laughs> so good. Your banter is crude and inferior. I love and it. When she, what did she say about him? Um, she said, you would be an inferior role model. Yeah. Oh, and um, <laughs> she says, I'm familiar with human banter. Yours is crude and predictable. Yes. So, so good. good. Another removal from Flyboy for Titus Welliver for his chilling several more when Ransom points out what they truly mean by fuel. Oh, it's so that good. That was like, super, yep, super more. creepy. Several more. Another question, how many ships have the same hologram, Doctor? Mm, so it becomes a... Th- oh, man, it's, it's, it's kind of is sad. Is there a quick answer? Yeah, there is. Sorry, there is a quick answer. There's lots of ships, and then they get sidelined. They get oh. upgraded and then put 
to they get upgraded with a different model and Aww, then this emh kind of gets retired and ends up mining dilithium they turn them into slaves they turn them into slaves because oh they weren't my God. <laughs> sorry because their bedside <laughs> manner wasn't good they didn't learn they didn't adapt the way this emh does they weren't given a chance to adapt and so they're all just mining on a, on i think it's on titan or something this is like when you capture the Minecraft villagers and you make them do things for you. It's exactly the same thing. Oh my god. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. Um, sin removal from Flyboy. Janeway stopping in the corridor, seeing the dead alien. Good silent mo- moment from Kate. Yeah, that was nice. Moment. And that's you think that like Neelix is going to address it, but it's he moves on to something else. It's a really nice moment. In my brain, I thought you were going to say you would think that Neelix was going to make it into a potluck dinner, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want the mystery meat this week. You really don't. Let's go. 